is Linux In-Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever else fancies your tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mum! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back on a speaker in an open plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusted guide dog, unless on speed, and cute T-Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. This is Linux In-Laws, episode 79. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages and adventures of a podcast called Linux in Laws. A podcast destined to go where no podcast has gone before. Chris, Welcome. how are things? Welcome, people, first of all. Ah, thanks <laughs> Welcome, for of course. Yes, yes always. of course. Martin, how, how did Fostem treat you? Yeah, good, good, interesting, uh, very busy, many people. Uh, yeah, quite impressed. I Even though it wasn't that... the Fostem I remember somehow. I don't know what happened. Okay. There, <laughs> I understood have... that some co-host dragged you over there, kicking and screaming. Uh, no, 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 I made my own way there, actually. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> you didn't come all the way here. <laughs> so, yeah. true. And, of course, but, yeah. this is a very shameless teaser, because, as a matter of fact, as hinted at the last episode, mm. if you if you are listening to this, first time is over. Same goes for the previous episode, of course. And we actually had a slot on Saturday afternoon. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So if you can't get to sleep at 2 in the morning, this mm. is probably the video recording you want to watch. It's a bit difficult watching a video recording while you sleep, but hey, I no, think there's you, audio, the, audio as well, right? Yeah, so. If you can't get to sleep, exactly. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> so if you're um, suffering from insomnia like I am, mm. simply watch that video stream, uh, that, that video recording. Yeah, yeah. Or you, or you get up at 5.30 in the morning and do some... Thing else, whatever you were doing, I can't remember now. Let's <laughs> not go there. Um, yeah, anyway, it was good to meet Ken and Luna and various other yes, yes, listeners yes. and oh, people. Exactly. Like that. In the, very much so, yes. And if you were for them and didn't talk to us, I hope you sat in the audience. And if you didn't, please watch the replay. If you have any questions, the email addresses, of course, feedback at linux.au. And Taking a look at some of the server stats after first step, I noticed quite a hike mm-hmm. in 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 website traffic as in people accessing our website. Is this anything reckon, to do with the uh, promise of free beer at all? <laughs> I reckon no, no. I reckon these 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 are all people that cannot sleep at night. So ah, okay. 
I Super thought they came for for the for the free beer offer that you made at the end of the session. <laughs> I know, but, but we gave case, away but... a beer, yeah, um, exactly. But this is not purely about Foster, but rather about Martin. What is today's episode about? Today is about open source software in space. Yes, or as it is known among friends, or as it is known among friends, space, the final frontier. <laughs> Ah, or well, uh, to infinity and beyond, yeah, whichever your age is. <laughs> Indeed. So, so, yes. what, what, so what's up with open source space, Martin? Uh, well, why don't you tell us why we come to this episode? Actually, um, because there well, was a there was a trigger right last year when um, it was. I think it was last year when it was sort of made public knowledge that the the rover runs various bits of open yes. source software. Exactly, and for those people who have been under, who have been living under a rock for the last 10, 10 plus years, the over, of course, is that autonomous Mars vehicle that NASA actually has put on the planet hmm. as part of their mission to check out the planet if there are any bars that have been under so far. Surely. Yeah. Find a Martian, maybe, or hmm. some for, for 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 lack of a proper Martian, finding some rudimentary form of life. Uh, with or without proper intelligence. Yeah. Um, so Cause, why is yeah. yeah why is this important that the rover runs on open source software? Well, that's a very good question, Martin. Because as we all know, open source software has certain advantages. Yeah. Well, why like why many, specifically for a Mars rover, right? <clears throat> well, many people can look at it. Many people can contribute, and of course, many people can check out the the software itself and kind of go bug hunting. Okay, so there is a, is there a GitHub um, repo for this? There is actually the JPL okay. put out a challenge, uh, as in the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Of course, links will be in the show notes. Hmm. Um, that where you can basically take a look at the source code and the and the JP, and the JPL also basically put out a GitHub repo where you can mm-hmm. essentially build a model of the rover uh, running open source components. Okay, so yeah, all that time on um, Lunar Lander comes in handy then. Remember that software? I don't. You don't? Really? What is Unilander, Uni Martin? Lunar, Lunar Lander. Lu- sorry, Lunar Lander, yes. Yes. That's some sort of autonomous moon vehicle, right? <laughs> no, this was a uh, a piece of software that when, when um, computer games first came out was very popular. Ah. Ah, see, see, Martin, I I didn't play games at all. Well, it's not about it's it's, it's not just a game. You're landing a, a lunar lander, right? Which is a very responsible job. So what's the big deal get, then? Right? Hmm? What's the well, big deal then? The big deal is there's no gravity or very little, and very you little, have to control yes. you control your propulsion, right? So do you do this? Uh, manually, which they did in obviously in the sixties, or do you write some programs to do it and so on? So, um, yeah, sixties probably means uh, Fortran as their main driver with regards to programming languages. But it would be interesting to see what what sort of operating system that they used. Probably homegrown. I was it was um, quite. Uh, yeah, it's close to the hardware. It's super small right back then. I think it's quite well known that the um, uh, 
the software that <laughs> ran the, the lunar lander was like um, yeah, a few kilobytes compared to today's however many gigs it is to run Windows and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't or even it. your 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 mobile operating system. <laughs> exactly. I for some reason I can't recall. I can recall a quote, and I don't where and I didn't and I don't know why I why I read in the first place that actually mm. Apollo thirteen has had about the tenth of the computing power of an ordinary nowadays iPhone at their disposal, which doesn't sound to be a lot mm. in terms of um, memory, core, capacitor, CPU size, and all the rest of it. Yeah. No, the, the uh, some reference to the original lunar lander program was written in Focal or something like that, which I don't recall. In, fo- in Focal, that sounds similar to Pascal, but I don't know the differences. Focal, some legacy hmm. programming language. Formulating online calculations in algebraic language. There you go. That's what Focal is. <laughs> hang on, Martin. Hang on, hang on, Martin. I thought you were younger than me. Yes. How come that you know about these things? I can read. <laughs> it's quite a handy skill. Very good, Martin. We are making progress. No, no, not all knowledge is absorbed by <laughs> um, personal some experiences. People, yeah. Some people would consider reading to be a common skill. But hey, but hey, what, what do I know? Well, I don't know. I, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, with so the, 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 so, the young people these days, reading is probably not so much of a skill anymore. It's, so people, it's more of a challenge. It, but, so yes. people, you heard it your first, Martin can mm. read. He just read <laughs> it <that> publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we should know about you, Martin? <laughs> I think that's probably enough for one episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, back to much safer ground. Mm, back to the Mars lander, yes. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we go uh, kind of through, I wouldn't say history, but maybe through some of the major components. Links are possible in the show notes, but I think the rover mostly uses Python for image recognition and processing. I mean, first of all, what are the main difficulties with space travel these days? What do you mean these days? Is it not always been the same? Well, well one, one, one is it's slow, right? So you, it takes forever true. to get anywhere. Yes. Um, exactly. That's, that's the biggest issue. <laughs> um, and then the second one is obviously power, powering the damn thing. Yep. Yes. Harsh environmental conditions come yes. into play. Yeah. Um, like so, new yeah. zero temperature, totally lack of, of any <clears throat> gravity, most of the time anyway. No atmosphere. So yes. you know, you're more likely to be hit by falling rocks and stuff like that. Harsh radiation. Um, Mm, radiation, yes, good point. Yes, yes. yes. Mm. Temperatures we already mentioned, mm. especially on on the dark side of the moon <laughs> and <laughs> other and 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 other lunar bodies like, mm. like planets and so forth. If you have a surface that you can land on at all, because some planets, Venus, I think, features on that on that list very high, don't even have a solid surface. Mm. So I reckon that's probably the reason why not that not that many and spacecraft have gone the have, have yeah, yeah. exactly have have have, <laughs> have gone there. Plus the fact, and this is probably the most important bit, because of the distance, online communication is a bitch. <clears throat> uh, well, so for again, exa- it takes, takes a long time, right? <laughs> so, for um, example, no, I mean, also the the the, the stellar mechanics play, play against you because, uh, for example, yes, the rover only had about an hour. Uh, window on each day because of 
the length of a Martian day compared to an Earth day, never mind uh, the different rotational speeds and all the rest of it, and, and generally cellular mechanics, where mm-hmm. it could communicate with a significant delay. So that means more and more these uh, vehicles on other planets have to be autonomous. For um, 90, 99% of the time? Well, I don't know. How far is the moon? It's not as far as Mars, that's for sure. Hmm. A, couple, a couple of million kilometers, million, million miles, million kilometers, I don't even know. No, I'm it's not less an than a million, actually. Okay. Um, but Mars certainly is uh, in that region. Hmm. Yes, yeah, it's a different. But still, so what, what, I'm just wondering what kind of time we're talking about here. Is it. Seconds, minutes. I think communication to moon and back takes a takes a minute or something. No, a few seconds. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. The dark side included? Probably not, because you have to bounce it you back have, from the sun. You have no? to bounce it off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that um, takes time, Martin. Hmm. Mm. No, it's it's probably it's probably less than a minute, but Mars for sure is is more than one minute. Okay, well, it's 140 kilometers or something, a million kilometers, so that's quite a lot, mm. even with so, light speed. So, th- yeah. so that means that these Explorer vehicles and all the rest of it, never mind spacecraft, most, I mean, mm. spacecraft is probably the, easy, the, the, the easier bit because spacecraft most of the time can fly on autopilot. But once you hit the planet's surface, things will be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No, that's 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 the bottom line. That's probably the, ah, okay. the, the biggest the challenge. Yes, exactly. Challenge. Yes, yes, yes. Of 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 well, the, any yeah, piece okay. of software okay. that you have to develop if you want to go space. Well, the good thing about software is that it doesn't weigh anything. But um, uh, <laughs> clearly, there is also a, a weight um, to be considered, a weight and energy, because um, you got to move the stuff there. Uh, yeah, and then you got to run yes. it. So the the light to it see, is the yeah yeah so but Martin, you see the point is mm-hmm. you you can't be kind of too generous with the hardware because as you observed exactly. yeah. the stuff has to most of the time has to run on embedded systems which are lightweight and don't weigh that much in terms of uh, probably are not that powerful to begin with in terms of cpu power i mean because I mean, exactly because you cannot ship a data center to another planet. It's as simple as that. Hmm. And forget about the cloud. The cloud, as the clouds, as we all know, st- uh, stops short of the stratosphere. This is where clouds actually stop. So forget about clouds on other planets. <clears throat> yeah, unless you're on Venus or something. I don't know, but I even don't know the the. The, the going rates there for an hour of of, of a CPU slice or something. Yeah, well, it, it's actually had a power PC architecture, the Mars rover. Hmm. Plus, yeah, plus, and the whole two gigs of RAM. Um, there you go. Yes, that is it. That, sorry, not that, RAM, flash memory. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Plus the fact that most of the systems have to be pretty power efficient for that reasons, hmm. because power comes at a premium. Because most of the time, you have to rely on external power sources like the sun as in solar panels. Yeah, except uh, on the dark you, side. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> you cannot you cannot carry huge batteries with you because they all weigh. Hmm. As in lots of kilos. 
So the more so, powerful you are. Talking about kilos, how heavy is this thing then? The rover? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. It has. It's, it's the it's the size of a very small subcompact, I think. The what? Specs may, it's it is the size of a very small subcompact in terms of a car. What's a subcompact? Oh, okay. Subcompact is <laughs> ah, like it's just for the American Pizza listeners. Or, uh, yeah, okay. Sorry, <laughs> as in, like, like a beetle. <laughs> oh, don't mention the beetle here. Yeah. You know who invented that one? Anyway, um, let's carry on. <laughs> or, or or the mini for those listeners. Okay, who, mini sounds good. Yes, mini. yes more, exactly. More, yes, yes. Okay, where were we anyway? Mars rover, yes. Uh, so, well, we Python, just, just, what else? Yeah, we, we, we were just discussing the kind of the general outfit of, of these mm. of the challenges that these vehicles mm. face. Mm. Yep. No, you see, funny enough, the, the base and shame on you, NASA, is actually a proprietary closed source operating system called VX Works. As some, as some listeners may know, this is actually, a, I think, even a hard reason kernel, but running on a variety of hardware. And it's also microkernel architecture. That's re- that's probably the reason why I can can't even remember it. And it has been quite successfully deployed on various on various embedded systems. That's probably the reason why NASA chose it. Hmm. But needless to say, there are open source alternatives out there. Okay. Well, <laughs> you you want this yeah. stuff to be reliable, right? So presumably that's one of the. Uh, if, you, if you have it as close to the hardware as possible, then uh, that cuts out unnecessary code. And yeah, Martin, no, you don't remember that discussion. I had a very interesting discussion just a sideline on Saturday night with ah. a guy in Brussels who apparently. I mean, it, it was it was pretty interesting because you remember my friend that I brought to the conference with me, Matthias uh, Ansgar. Oh, the other guy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He spotted a guy sitting next to us on, on at, at a neighboring table, and he had that manual on that on that table called ADA for C plus plus So we started. Okay. To, so we started to discuss yeah. the advantages or disadvantages uh, of, of ADA in compared to to compared to other languages. Now you see funny stuff that because as it turns out, your man was working for the Belgian railway system. Okay, and they are apparently just in the process. Obviously, I cannot for, for for obvious reasons I cannot mention the guy's name or any further details. But let's put it mm. this way: they are just design. They are just redesigning a major portion of the of the scheduling and the general management framework at the moment. And they are really considering ADA for the reason that apparently any code you do in ADA is actually is almost like proven in terms of it's hard to make mistakes. Now, when we kind of start to discuss Rust, he said that Rust is just far too new for, for them. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, Ada apparently goes... Oh, that's great. Yes, really, yes. The, uh, the Dutch Navy used to run the submarines on it as yeah. well. Yeah. No, it, no, it doesn't surprise me because I think Ada goes close to something called the common criteria, as in it's a, it's a piece of software that is almost... Uh, yeah, proven in terms of programming language. You, exactly, you can verify the correct functioning of that software, which hmm. do which many programmers do not exhibit. Hmm. Uh, 
Um, okay. How, how about the Belgium space mission? How's that going? I do not know. Oh, okay. He no, I mean, he, he was, no, no, he was just talking about the bridge, the Belgium ah, system. So, okay, yeah, fair that's enough, as simple as that. Okay. Cool. But back to but back to space. Space, yes. Yes. You see, what really surprises me, if you take a close look at something called SpaceX. Ah. Yes, as we all know, SpaceX belongs actually uh, to uh, a lunatic. Is that the right word? An obsessed yeah. fanatic? Some, something along those lines, yes. Um, yeah, you man who just bought Twitter hmm. for an insane amount of money and has now various trials and tribulations to get the... To, from his point of view, to get it back on track. Uh, Elon, if you're listening... Uh, the rest of the world, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Elon, yeah. if you're listening, the email address is consulting at Linux in Law Study. You just get in touch. We can Ah, you. so you are looking for a job, busy. <laughs> no, 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 Martin. No, no. This I did my best to pimp you out, if possible. But... <laughs> no, Martin, Unsuccessful so far. Right? So, okay, so, ah, I see, I see. So, Elon, if you need help with Twitter or some other company, just let us know. I'm, I'm sure we can come to an arrangement here. Jokes aside, if you take a very close look at SpaceX... <laughs> It's uh-huh. probably, and this is the irony, the company that has the most complete open source stack. Well, because, compared, to, compared to who, right? Yeah, compared to the International, International Space Station, compared to NASA, to yeah. compared to ESA and all the rest of them. Hmm. What about the Chinese? As in, they have? As in ESA as an European space, space agency. Hmm. You see, funny you mentioned China. I tried <laughs> to, uh, let's put it this way. To suss out some information, but uh-huh. they have this great firewall, so ah. and it's it seems to be pretty hardened these days. Okay. So so nothing about balloons either. Uh no, 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 no. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, balloons, yes. <laughs> yes, we're recording this on the seventh of February. Uh apparently the US have just taken down some weather balloon or something else mm. that China claimed was just there to take, a, to take a look at the weather and that was pretty much it. Seeing is believing, as they say. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, Martin, I'm just wondering, why would the Chinese be interested in the weather over, say, Connecticut? Well, weather is a big topic in any country, right? It's... So, uh, what, so the what, US... what, uh, everything lives on and dies on and earthquakes and rain and you need to grow crops and stuff so it's all very important so in Connecticut they may be growing some, some <laughs> grain or some uh, stuff that they need in China and so they're so... just checking just checking that there's enough grain coming down <laughs> <laughs> no that's great thing, thing. is failing exactly <laughs> so so the US would have it would have equal rights to launch a, a balloon or some other craft to take a look at what's happening in Shanghai or Zhengdong or <clears throat> Beijing or something just for the hell of it uh, I don't know they have satellites right why do they need a balloon you take a closer look I don't know I think they got some pretty powerful um, imagery systems on <laughs> satellites these days you don't need a balloon <laughs> Yeah. That, uh, that of course, tells you a lot about Chinese <laughs> scientific. Well, it's, uh, in a way, it's, no? it's it's a lot cheaper, right, than getting some some something that just sort of floats a bit higher up than pushing it all the way into space uh, on a permanent basis. But 
yeah. especially in the fact that yeah um you have to uh what's what I'm looking for mm. expect that these things do not return uh, as history as in the shenanigans within the last two days show us. Well, there's, there's previous examples as well, right? I, I seem to remember some German guy who thought it was a good idea to fill his balloons or, or cigars full of explodable gas. <laughs> that didn't go so well. Yeah, but I mean, in most um, cases, yeah. Mr. Mr. Zeppelin wasn't in the business of spying on other countries, as far as I can recall. That was the job of the Nazis <laughs> later on. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. History uh, books, Martin. If that's yeah, what they're yeah, called. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back anyway. to space... Anyway, yeah, anyway, yes. back to SpaceX. Now, uh-huh. you see, funny enough, uh, and this is all public knowledge because, for example, there's an interesting Reddit thread on the subject. Okay. SpaceX, SpaceX seems to employ... Doesn't sound very reliable, but <laughs> carry on. Well, apparently that Reddit thread was uh, populated, for want of a better expression, by genuine SpaceX engineers, because okay, they, enough, as part enough. as part of the as part of the thread, they're doing a lot of potential candidate marketing. And to and to me, that sounds pretty kind of uh, genuine in terms of reliable. Hmm. Okay. So if if you take a close look at that thread, never mind reading between the lines, hmm. it's a open source stack apart from the proprietary bits that they wrote um, from the bottom up. So they use a real-time Linux kernel. Essentially, it's vanilla kernel with a specific uh, with a specific set of patches, also known as the preempt RT patch, that turns Linux into an almost hard real-time system. Links, of course, will in the show notes. They use U-Boot at the, as their bootloader. They deploy Muzzle as a replacement for the general G uh, GNU libc. And then they, interestingly enough, use Chrome, JavaScript, and some other open source bits to do, the, mm. to do any UI functionality as a user interface functionality. Um, yeah. They use Python for quality assurance. And my test is on. Probably more than that, actually. <laughs> okay. And they are also using some other components like Libc, uh, like Lip Standard C plus plus for for the C support. And so, by the looks of it, uh, not just going by this Reddit thread, it seems to be a massively distributed parallel system working internally in any SpaceX craft. And needless to say, there are quite a few of them. For example, the reusable, the reusable launch vehicles alone are Falcon 9, Falcon Heavy, and Starship. And the actual spacecrafts that they use is Dragon 2 and Crew Dragon, among other things. Hmm. And they seem to rely, and all of them seem to rely on this common floss stack, which is pretty interesting when you think about it. Well, it's um, not surprising, really, because can find open source software for anything, right? True. Pick it together and you have a space exploration device. (laughs) So exactly. So if you want to go to Mars, it can't be that tricky. So, I mean, you just put... Well, apart from the hardware aspect, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And you can buy that off the Chinese, I suppose. (laughs) 
probably, probably. Hmm. No jokes aside. No, it's, it's, it's funny because if you take a close look at, at some other sources too, they seem to have the most comprehensive floor stack that, that there is uh, when you compare it to, to, the international, to the International Space Station, uh, to ESA, to NASA, and, and, and all the rest of them. Plus the fact that if you take a close look at the technical requirements, it's not that different, I reckon, from something called a local exchange as in a, te a telephone computer that is in the business of handling say a million plus calls per second because that's essentially what these systems are i can recall about 25 years ago, ago i can recall standing in front of something called xe10 done by ericsson yeah kind of late 90s mid 90s And you were looking at a room full of equipment, like a mainframe computer at the time, but essentially running a massively distributed system based on Erlang, which was a... Erlang, great, yes. great language, yes. Yeah, exactly. that was indeed invented by, invented by Ericsson, yeah. And they yes. pretty much had their own <clears> operating, <throat> had their own real-time kernel that was actually able to handle that call volume on that system. And XA and these XA computers clocked in, I think, at one or two digits, one or two digits entry level. So not so not that far from your ordinary mainframe computer. But there yeah, was yeah, Erlang was was indeed an Ericsson, um, uh, yeah, let's say, invention. But it it powers a lot of um, uh, switches and 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 uh, and their routers. But it's also uh, interesting enough. Um, Rabbit runs on a Erlang VM as well. Mm, there you go. But, but RabbitMQ is also no, available for various operating systems like the POSIX. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it always comes West. with them. Um, uh, uh, you have to VM. use. Ah, okay. I thought RabbitMQ was written in C or C or something. It's written in Erlang? Okay. Mm. Interesting. So you always have to have a VM with Erlang. No, no, you run, uh, RabbitMQ comes with the Erlang VM, yeah. So if you're writing a piece of software in Erlang, you have to deploy a, a virtual machine, like like with yes. Java. Yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Perhaps probably with the portability of the software. Yeah, it's got, it's got some really nice properties. Anyway, this is not the Erlang podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> We can come back to that one another time. A teaser? Yeah. yeah, there will be an up. There will be an, in an upcoming episode. There will be something on Erlang. Okay. Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice when you look into Erlang. It's, uh, mm. The way it's uh, where it's come from and what it can do. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, we should probably touch on some remaining projects. Especially uh, if you are looking, PlayStation. Yes, Martin. Why don't you play? Tell us about the PlayStation. PlayStation International Space Station. Ah, that sorry, one? I thought you meant PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me about PlayStations. <laughs> Martin, I don't play games. So you don't play games. Not, uh. No, I, I don't. No, I, I really don't. No. Is this because of your German nature? <laughs> no. Martin, some of us have time for that. Some some of us don't. Simple as that. Ah, I think I guess some of us have you, children. Yeah. Exactly. More, so you probably the first category. Anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah the Internet Space Station uh, uses hmm. some open source components. Uh -huh. For example, they have some open source data sources. They 
use Python for geolocation imaging. That was actually a component distributed by, uh, com- contributed by NASA. They have actually Linux, a Linux system for the remote automated transfer he- vehicle control. So if you actually fly a rocket to the ISS and that mm. rocket then docks to the ISS because of, for, for refueling, yeah. for delivering of goods and all the rest of it, actually this vehicle. is, this yeah. ATV as an mm. automated transfer vehicle is actually powered by Linux. And okay. also I can um, on, yes. on that subject, sorry, the, uh, the SpaceX um, docking module is written in Go, uh, but yeah, that's just an aside. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Martin, by yeah. the way, did you know yeah. when the ISS was launched? Oh, that's was that not in the sixties? Uh, no, Martin, no, 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 but not too far off, actually. It's not far the off, I, actually. No, yeah. the, the ISS actually has been in orbit for twenty-five years because it was launched in ninety-eight. 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 International late? Space oh, okay. Station. Yes. Oh, exactly. I thought it was um, earlier than no. that. I think I remember so, it being launched. So. And mm. I came, and funny enough, actually, when preparing. Have you ever seen show, it? And uh, not in person, no. Oh, okay. I oh. couldn't afford these one point five billion that apparently you need for for tickets. No, 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 no. When it flies over, you can actually see it. It's that big. Ah, the naked but, eye. I, yeah, I, I'm probably more of a bot of a bot watcher. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair you don't need a telescope for that. Okay. I no, yeah, you don't it's that big. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Martin's... you need a clear sky, but yeah. Exactly, exactly what you, mean, but you see, I mean, it, I mean, it's not that big. Well, it's a lot bigger than a plane. Yes. And but also, the sun still... shines off it, so it kind of reflects. And but, so. but, but it flows. Mm. It flies in low orbit. That means what twenty k or something. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, easily visible. Or thirty k or something. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. So I came across actually something called Leap, which is a legacy GNU project, and that was really invented in the late 90s to port much of the software from Windows 98 that they were using at the time on the ISS to Linux. Oh, dear. Sorry, Windows 95, <laughs> not 98. <laughs> exactly. Oh so the repo- links, links to that repository made in the show notes. So if you go back, activity stopped around 99. Oh, dear, yeah. For this leap project. Well, it stayed up all this time. Yeah, so that's a few, few, few blue screens of death and some reboots. And I guess that's the advantage of uh, floating around in space. You've got time to, to restart your machine before it crashes to Earth. Yeah, yeah that was actually the main reason for leap because they observed that they would have to start <laughs> their Windows 95 systems way too often to, to make them work. So that the, these group people had this idea of putting, of putting or, or replacing Windows 95 with actually Linux to lower the restart frequency, which makes sense from that perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sensible. Okay. The, probably the last project that we should mention is... Well, not the last, but yes, carry on. <laughs> it, it, no, I mean, from a, from a FLOS perspective. It's, ah. probably the set, it's probably the SETI project, as in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which has been, <laughs> I think, an MIT project for the last, what, 50 years or something? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe less. Links, of course, people will be show notes, but the idea is, and that was way before Google even coined the term MapReduce, to use crowd computing power 
to actually search for artificial intelligence. So if you install a client called Boink, as in B-Y-N-C, on your computer, it will use idle CPU cycles, as in it will kick in when nothing else is running on the CPU, mm. and will process a packet of data that it has retrieved from the command and control center. And when I say the command control center, of course, that means in a good way. No, essentially what it means is basically if you, and that was way before clouds were even looked at, if you want to, because we're looking at what, late 90s or something like this, if you want to search for extra-artificial for intelligence, essentially it's a pattern, it's a pattern matching uh, exercise. And you then have a couple of options. One of them is basically to write to to hire a massively expensive cluster of mainframe computers, or and this is the native kind of cloud 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 approach. You can actually use other people's computer computers rather, and that's exactly what the Sentry at Home does. So if you install mm-hmm. that client, it basically picks up a data packet, processes it, and then returns the results back to the Back to the command control center. Yeah, and then, like, a, like, a, like a botnet, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, and, yes anyway. but, only, but only in a good way, because um, good and then yeah, yes. picks up a new data packet that is mm-hmm. supposed to underlie. And that's yeah, the, the, how, how you spot patterns <coughs> in the vast distributed data space. There were similar projects along the lines to um, do drugs research as well and, and stuff like that in a, in a distributed way. Um, yeah, uh, but yes, there's also a few other projects worth mentioning. Go ahead, Martin. Uh, well, slightly closer to home uh, and to um, uh, the work that I do, there is the European Space Agency, and they use a open source parallel database called Greenplum to put their universe in. It's one of these legacy things, right? Well, it depends what you call legacy. <laughs> Okay. No, it's interesting because I came across Greenplums when you when I the the ESA has a so, has so a are you saying that Linux is legacy as well? <laughs> it's of been it is. A long time. And that's not all that. No, uh, no. Well, legacy normally has a somewhat negative connotation. Does it? Okay, fair enough. No, actually, I came across With the hipsters um, amongst us. Yeah. Carry on. Who yeah. are they? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, no, the ESA actually maintains a web uh, maintains a web page of mm-hmm. building of building blocks for for downstream apps in terms of the the components the frost components that you want to use if you want to build your own app so docker is there greenplum is there and all the rest of the of these open of these mm-hmm. open source components so details of course with the show notes mm-hmm. but it's funny that you mentioned that because quite a few open source databases are on their web page oh yes yeah i think they are uh yeah postgres is one of them as well yeah that's um the uh, the green plan was a bit more interesting because yeah. it, it involved a lot of geospatial calculations to find out how far yes. stars are but, from others, and etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, the NASA, of course, maintains a similar open source component overview, uh-huh. but it's actually the code that they have contributed themselves. These oh. are, of course, work oh. in the show notes, yes. And we should also probably mention Open Space, okay, which is a very, very, very cool visualization stack purely based on open source that allows you to take a closer look of what's happening on Mars, what's mm-hmm. happening in the solar system, what happen, what's happening on the moon, just purely using open source components and running against a server that 
basically distributes that data for free. Okay, nice. Anything else that we should mention before we close this off, Martin? Oh, yeah, machine learning, probably. Because if you take a close look at kind of reading between the lines now, Mm. machine learning is big in space exploration, probably for the reason that, for example, image recognition comes in very handy if you're left to your own devices on a strange planet. Because you don't have that cloud backend on planet Earth at your disposal because these five minutes when you can actually talk to the command and control center, Mm. you probably want to send that data that you've just collected during the last 23 hours and 55 minutes back home. Well, So most of the time you're actually left to your own device in terms of what's happening, image Mm -hmm. recognition. Maybe there's even something moving or the rest of it. Never mind if you want to fly a vehicle on the planet autonomously, uh, and landing offline. In terms they have of, wheels, no, these don't... things, don't they? The rovers. Yes. Also, exactly. Also, 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 driving on 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 a strange planet without mm. any intervention from the outside, mm-hmm. because that's exactly where machine learning comes in handy. Indeed. Time for the poxes. Okay. How about what's your pox? Oh, I have many. Um, in fact, I, I have find... three. <laughs> confine yourself exactly to 10 or something <laughs> no I'll stick, stick to 3 um, anyway on today's subject my pox is the War of the Worlds by Wayne Wayne what's his name uh, what's not John Wayne I'm, I was think, I'm just thinking John Wayne but it's not John Wayne what's his name um, War, War of Worlds War of the Worlds. It's a very famous um, musical. Ra- Jeff Jeff Wayne. Sorry, that's it. Yes, that's a radio play. No, it was. It was originally a radio play. Yes, yes. yes. And then um, someone made a very good album about it uh, with Richard Burton doing the voice. Uh, oh, when Hang was on, that? that? That record dates back to the seventies. No, I don't know. Um, I do remember it from growing up. Um, but exactly. there, there is a um, there is also a stage show going around with some modern interpretation, but at the moment, uh, which is why I thought about it. But um, okay. they uh, clearly having grown up with the original album, that's a lot better. Um, then, yeah, my other two are uh, Fosdem, for obvious reasons. Um, yes, all free, many open source people coming together and doing good work. Um, and the third one is the Eurostar, because it works really well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a plane, so it's brilliant. <laughs> yes, into the audience, Martin is easily impressed. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's just, uh, yeah. Um, okay, very good. I don't good, like Martin, airports, so yeah, trains are preferable. You don't like airports? Why is that, Martin? Well, they're busy and you spend lots of time waiting and queuing, so... Not and that doesn't happen on national rail in the UK, okay? No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Either the train runs or it doesn't. Sorry, yeah. Well, unless uh, there's I'm, someone in front of the train, then they they stop it and exactly. Sit there for sorry, a while. I'm, not talking, <clears throat> I'm not talking about the premium prices that you're paying on the Eurostar. I'm talking uh-huh. about your general national rail service in the UK. Uh, well, unless there's a strike, it, it's pretty good to be honest. Um, it's it's okay. definitely better than in Germany uh, for sure. That's yeah. not difficult. <laughs> No, I, I was uh, yeah, yeah, I was surprised by the state it, of the it, German it, railway. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be different, but you uh, know, yes, about twenty yes, years sure. back, 
Mm. Things have really go. Things have really gone down the tube. What happened? You know? And did, did Anchor well, come in power? Or? <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly it. I mean, no, the, okay. the no, the politicians really screwed it up. Hmm. Lack of funding. I mean, if if you yes. if you don't fund that sort of system, it goes hmm. on the drain. That's and that's hmm. exactly what happened. But you do make a lot of cars in Germany, so maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But I mean, as we all know, cars are not necessarily the future. Well, There's a little girl yeah. called Greta that can tell you all about it. <laughs> in case maybe you should get <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. My, yes, my your pox. pox. Carry on. Yes. My my poxes. Yes, mm. uh, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to mention two. So Ooh. my first pox is the Native Endemic Indian Porn Association. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Abbreviated as N E I P A. And of course, many of you who have been following the show will probably notice this NIPA is actually standing for New England Indian Pale Ale. Mm. Which is a particular brand of, no, sorry, not brand, but type rather, sorry, apologies, which is a particular type of Indian Pale Ale. As a new as a New England style, it's hoppy, it's cloudy because it's not filtered normally, and it's very, very, very tasty because not, not, not remotely prevailed. taste like beer, then. <laughs> no, it's, it's rather no it's, citrus it's concoctions. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. it it's, more, it's more like a blend of a cocktail and a very hoppy beer. Hmm. And if you're into that sort of thing, you will absolutely enjoy it. Okay. And my second box. Are they sponsoring a, us by any chance? Or? No, they, no, no. It's not they, Martin. It's just a type of New England. It's just. A type ah, of I see. Game. No, no, so no company in particular. No. Ah, that's so. Strange. For example, Blue Dog <laughs> has something called Hazy Jane, which is pretty close to a proper New England IPA. Hmm. And you check out Untapped for those few listeners out there who do not know what untapped is just go to your fa- to to your um favorite mobile app store as in google play or what's it called on the iphone it's not itunes anymore it's what it's apple applications or something it used to be it, martin you have an iphone no mm-hmm. and the name of the place uh, and the name of the app store is the app store <laughs> the app store uh, yes yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought it was don't ask me or something. <laughs> okay, no jokes aside. If you go to if you go to the app store and on the iPhone, you'll find it. And essentially, it's an app that that allows you to write beer. Just search for New England, New England IPAs, and you find plenty of them. Okay, my other hmm. pox is a radio show called Planet Money, done by, of course, National Public Radio. It's an alternative view on economic subjects from a U.S. perspective, but much more on the communist side than your ordinary Fox or CNN or other MSNBC or whatever is tempted to put in front of you. I won't give away too much. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. But if you're looking for a fresh take on economic subjects, just not in the U.S., but globally, this is, the sh- this is a show to listen to. It's broadcasts weekly. And, of course, either use the NPR app or... Use your favorite podcatcher to download it. And that's pretty much it for my pogs. Very good. And with that, thank you for listening. We don't do Martin, we don't have feedback, do we? We we do, we do, we do. Oh Luna, yes, if we do. If if you're listening <laughs> Pleasure uh... to you at Fostem. 
Yes. Uh, Luna, if you're listening, Luna, to yes. Meet, yeah, meeting you at Fostam, especially in person, by the way. And Mrs. Bly, if you're listening, I'm still waiting for that for that message with regards to getting Fedora on the on the show. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> and Fedora, keep up the good work. And, and and that of course goes for any other Linux distribution that is out there. Ah, I thought you were going to say I'm still waiting for that message for my date. <laughs> That's no. a, a different matter altogether. Okay, fair enough. No, different. No, you're not, you're not talking know. about the Frankfurt lady that you were chatting up then. Uh, but no, chatting up doesn't capture it because a it was a professional conversation. Ah, and, uh-huh. and b it's all in the line b, of work. Very good, very good. Yes, exactly. Well <laughs> and b she was way too young. Okay, because she was she was actually way younger than forty. So that hmm. would make it a, a thirty-year difference, and. That's not going to happen. You're just too old, in other words. Yeah, okay, in, fair enough. Indeed, Martin. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know yourself looking in the mirror any particular morning. Oh, I avoid that. It's not good for you. <laughs> exactly, Martin. Exactly. Handy tip. Don't look in the mirror. You heard it <laughs> <Yeah>. here first. <laughs> so if, if, you, if, if, you want to, if you don't want to spoil your day, don't look in, don't yeah. look in the mirror, especially if you're Martin Visser. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, and with that, we can probably close the show. And people, thank you for listening. And see you soon see you later. at the next episode. This is the Linux In-Laws. You come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. Thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for their song Salute Margaret, to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Gemando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. <laughs> And funny enough, we are recording already. So, yeah. and rolling. This is in loss. No, we can't. In loss. Sorry, yes. Welcome. And rolling once again. Welcome to in loss. Fuck. <laughs> Sh- shall I do it? <laughs> you seem why, to be struggling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark, why don't you do it? And rolling. Space. The final frontier. These are the adventures of... <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Space. The vinyl frontier. <laughs> this is no record. <laughs> but it might as well be one. Like this. 
always look on the bright side of space. Always look on the bright side of space. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyagers. Fuck. Beat me up, Scotty. There is no intelligent life down here, especially not used for recording this podcast.